You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a podcast about comic books recorded live from King's Comics in Sydney. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. And every week, Siobhan and I read all the comics that come out and we'll let you know which are the best comics that you should be reading too. This week, number two issues came out of uh, some number one issues that we loved last month. Mm-hmm. So, All-Star Batman, The Black Monday Murders, Briggsland, Animosity will all be reviewed. Uh, the second issues of those will all be reviewed later in this episode. And uh, DC decided to kill a bunch of characters, so we can talk about that soon too. Yep. But uh, before we get to that, we are going to talk about some uh, number one issues in our first segment that we do every episode called First Things First, in which we review all the number one issues that came out this week. Mm -hmm. Should we start with Siobhan? Should we start with the big, overhyped, incredible cover? I thought it was a burrito. Turns out it's a Euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was was a... Major point of contention for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, let's start with um, Gerard Way's Doom Patrol. So, Gerard Way has been given a new imprint uh, to do weird stuff with DC characters. Uh, it's called Young Animal. It's something that DC's been crying out for for a while, I reckon. They kind of had it in Vertigo, but they weren't really giving Vertigo as much love as they used to. But also, like, I think there needs to be a space to play around with the DC characters, which you can't really do in Vertigo. Yeah. Or, like, they stopped doing very sure. early on. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so... Gerard Way, who we previously know as the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, but before that, he, he's been writing comics for a long while, uh, most yeah. famous for the Umbrella Academy on Dark Horse, which was great. Uh, then he did a, uh, a series based on like one of his songs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, called The Fabulous Life- Killjoys. Something. True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys? Or I read Fabulous Lives of the True Killjoys. They had, was it Becky Cloonan on, on that one? I think it was. She at very least did the covers. Um, I, uh, I picked up <laughs> I the first issue that and had no friggin' idea what was going on. Yeah. So I did not continue reading that. Yeah, I've never actually, I've never read Umbrella Academy because so, like, it is very well regarded and a lot of people um, whose opinions I like a lot it's awesome. really love it. Um, it's very Wes Anderson-ish. But it also was sold a little bit to me as like an off-brand Doom Patrol. Right. And I was like, well, I just like Doom Patrol, so why would I read that? So if anyone was going to later claim that they were Grant Morrison's protege, it would definitely yes. be Gerard Way. Um, I mean, in fact, I saw them in a panel together at Graphic a couple of years ago. They seem to really love each other. Love each other. And I thought it would be like uh, Gerard Way interviewing Grant Morrison about Grant Morrison, but instead it ended up being Grant Morrison interviewing Gerard Way about <laughs> Gerard Way. Not really what I paid my money, <laughs> money for, but still. still uh, that said, had that been what, 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 what 
if I saw that now, I'd be way more interested in it mm. because I'm very interested in what Driveway is going to do with Young Animal. There are a few uh, comics coming out over the next few months that we'll be reviewing as they are released that seem yep. really, really interesting. But this is the first one off the back. It is a relaunch of Doom Patrol, which for many people was their introduction to Grant Morrison when he took over the run in the late 80s and early 90s. Yeah. And I think it would be one of his most iconic... Long runs at the very yeah. least. Yeah. Especially um, for DC. And uh, DC... Did after the popularity of that run, DC kind of incorporated Doom Patrol within the regular um, DC universe, and yeah. Doom Patrol were a big part of. Uh, they, they crossed over with Secret Six. They were a mm-hmm. big part of all of Jeff Johns' kind of big arcs. Yeah, um, yeah. a lot of um, crossover with the Teen Titans stuff that Jeff Johns did. Yeah, which I and, always loved. And Grant Morrison famously took over the run like twenty issues in. It was a run that wasn't really doing that well, mm-hmm. and uh, he just kind of turned it on his head and turned it in this like lot of crazy ideas and yeah. quite a wacky series. Yeah. Um, I reread it for the first time recently and it blew my mind. Did you say you reread it for the first time recently? Yes. Because <laughs> I'd read it in high school and ah, I don't think that counts. <laughs> right. Because I have no long-term memory. Uh, so this is Driveway doing Doom Patrol. Um, issue one drawn by um, Nick Darrington, whose Who's art looks very familiar. Yeah, it's very good. Do you know what he did? He did, he did one issue. And I think you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about straight away. He did one issue of uh, Ed Brubaker's Catwoman run and is the issue where Batman and Slam Bradley have a fight over Catwoman. Uh, yeah. Wow. Has he just done nothing since then? No, I mean, he popped up. He's, he's, he has a lot of art project stuff. Okay, So cool. I found his website because I was like, who? Because for me, I wasn't super crazy about the story on display in this issue. The yeah. art won me over immediately and it's yeah. definitely the strongest part of this book. It's um, sort of like like when we first were looking at it, my boyfriend said that he thought it was very like um, John Romita Jr. And I think that there are certain uh, faces and panels where it seems like a bit of a JRJR kind see, of vibe. I, but I, then I, also I like... Far more, um, Darwin Cook. Yes. I feel like midway between those two, which is... That's a good midway. Bonkers. Um... Yeah, I was. Uh, I I really really loved the art on this, especially it, it kind of goes to like a more kind of sketch, kind of was like a coloring in kind of book mm-hmm. style, colored pencil or crayon style style uh, throughout these weird glimpses into another world. But uh, I was expecting a lot more Doom Patrol in this. Yeah. In this, you get is, is, is the robot's name Cliff. Uh, robot man. Robot man. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, you also get Niles in this great, my favorite, my favorite page in this book. Uh, mm-hmm. Niles Calder from the from the Doom Patrol is just in the woods making synth music. Yep. Brilliant. <laughs> um, this is definitely written with a trade in mind. I think there are a lot of Grant Morrison stories where you were just kind of presented with four seemingly unlinked scenarios mm. not even the beginnings of stories just these weird things that happen across panels and uh it's not until like issue four or five you're like oh that's what they're working now i towards. understand yeah there's very little in the way of like ongoing narrative in this book it's sort of a bit like i sort of enjoyed every scene um and there's some fun little sort of easter egg type things for doom patrol fans and for dc fans overall there's the uh, yeah it's a lot in. It's a lot in here. Yeah, I a lot, like the a lot of big concepts. Little um, reference, which oh, is yeah. the island where all the mad professors went. In oh right, in fifty two. Right. Yeah. Cool. So there's a lot I missed. Uh, yeah. Little, little references in here. Isn't there? Isn't there a giant lady in Doom Patrol? Or am I confusing with another? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Rita Farr. She's, yeah, 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 yeah. She's called. Yeah. Is it a giant lady? 
You're right. I think or Elastigirl? <laughs> yeah, is it Elastigirl? No, Elast- Elastigirl is uh, from The Incredibles. I think it might still be Elastigirl. Okay, cool. Oh, no, you are right. Yeah, I think it is Elastigirl. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, the main characters in this aren't any members of Doobridge that we've seen before. They are two ambulance drivers, mm-hmm. one uh, younger than the other, uh, who is, and she's known as Weird. And so her older um, co-worker is trying to, like, get him, her to hang out with her his younger brother, who he says is also Weird. Mm-hmm. But then he starts describing, like, the planet that lives in his his gyro, uh, so yeah. kebab. Yes. We're going to call like you know Greek Greek, Greek kebab. kebab. But in in the states, they, we say gyros here. Yes. In, in, but it's even a state thing. They say different things in states of Australia. In America, they would call it a gyro. In some okay. states, they would call it a gyro. In some others, but uh, he just, he describes this weird civilization, and then sure enough, that's where Robot is is dwelling yep. on this uh, Robot Man in this in his pita bread and meat and. Uh, and uh, what did I say? Robot Man? Did, yeah. I, not, did I say Robot Man? Yeah, yeah you said Robot Man. He, and then he, he kind of emerges from, from his little kebab and then gets I mean, hit by a car. I mean, it's almost <laughs> pointless trying to explain what happens in this comic because it doesn't... So far, nothing really makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to assume that at some point it will start to make sense. Yeah, and it's hard to recommend this as, a, this as an issue beyond a beautiful-looking comic book. But there is a lot... I mean, I read this and was quite sort of excited by the end of it because um, there's some crazy imagery that I I really want to know what happens, which I think it like that's got to be the main thing, right? I don't think it's um, I think because I've read Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol so recently, and because that was like the first couple of issues were so just out of the park, amazing, like so so good, and the first issue but they're was very like grounded. killer. Yeah, and there was a much Whereas more this is straightforward like, narrative. This is like, oh, Grant Morrison is weird sometimes. I'm going to be weird. And yes. some some of this weirdness kind of felt like it didn't really have a point to it. I'm happy to yes. be, I'm, I'm looking forward to being proven wrong exactly. in that regard. I'm also looking forward to a lot of um, other young animal books when they come out. Yeah, Shade the Changing Girl looks, looks excellent. nutty. Great art on There's that one There's a great um, uh, preview of that in the back. Of this issue, which is awesome. Yeah, I'm the most excited about the one. Who, the name has a, it's a really crazy name. Like someone, oh, Cole Theo, Carver has a cybernetic eye or yeah, something like that. That, was, yeah. that, that Clyde Carson has a cybernetic eye. Yeah, like that. That looks great. That looks really good. Um, so yeah, looking forward to more. Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. We were um, almost there. Looking forward to oh, and, uh, Michael Aming did the art on that one, so it's mm. gonna be fun. Mm. Yeah, looking forward to a lot of young animal stuff. Uh, I don't know about Doom Patrol number one. I'm, I'm looking forward to it making sense. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so that is uh, probably the most high-profile number one of the week. Also from DC, we had uh, number one of the second year of the second semester of Gotham Academy. I'm interested to hear what you thought of this as someone who hasn't read Gotham Academy before. Uh, I've I've tried. I've read an annual once, or, yep. or, or no, I read the crossover with Lumberjanes. Yeah, that's uh, so. Gotham Academy sell it. me on like the first semester. Well. I mean, the whole way they sell Gotham Academy is it's like Hogwarts, but in Gotham. So it's like they're fairly self-contained little adventures that the um, team go on with an overarching mystery about Olive Silverlock and her parent, uh, her mother and her parentage and all this kind of stuff. Um, so Killer Croc is Hagrid? That's what, <laughs> no, like, that's but, what I want um, out of that series. <laughs> is, it, is it the bookworm who's the librarian? Okay, and, that's fine. Like, it's full of like all of the teachers of various, um, ha- uh, I was going to say Harry Potter villains, Batman villains. Um, Killer Croc has shown up, I think. Yeah, so just like I was expecting more Doom Patrol and Doom Patrol, I was expecting a lot more Gotham in Gotham Academy number one. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And instead, this was a very much focusing on the uh, kind of high school drama 
uh, of young teens uh, being forced to room together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, there were vague references to the Cobblepots and to the Arkhams, mm-hmm. but beyond that, it didn't really feel like a, 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 a book linked to the Batman universe at all. Um, that said, there were some cute little relationships on display here and some very fun, you know, like... Um, kids sneaking around an old building drama yeah like that's kind of the vibe it's sort of like an Enid Blyton-y Harry Potter-y but set in Gotham it's like um I like it I Um, like it a lot how many uh how many issues of the first semester were there is that is that an easily smashable run like 12 or something like that or is it like more like 20 something Mm, I don't know good for you it is is smashable (laughs) um I recommend it for um if you have like a little brother or sister who doesn't think that they would like Batman comics. This is the Batman comic for them. Or just give them Runaways. Or just give them Runaways. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is the, the creative team on this is uh, Brendan Fletcher, Becky Cloonan, and Carl Kershaw wrote the story. And uh, Brendan Fletcher wow. and Carl Kershaw wrote the script. A lot of cooks in the kitchen on this. Adam Archer on pencils and Sandra Hope on inks. It looks great. Um, and a lot of charm in this. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a 14-year-old. Yeah. I think that's it. I, I, I know that's a lot of people thought it. that maybe that's what, what I was, but I'm just going to hit a break <laughs> it to everyone listening that I'm not 14. He has two children. That would be insane if he was 14. <laughs> like the adoption process has gone mad. Um, over to the next number one from Image, uh, written by Kyle Higgins. And uh, on art, we have... Uh, sorry, written by Kyle Higgins and Alex Siegel and uh, art by Rod Rios. I believe this is the same creative team as Cal. Yes, I believe so. Um, this one is called Hadrian's Wall. And this was our staff pick of the week at King's last week, as chosen by Talia, and with very, very good reason. This is a murder mystery set in, like, a Cold War between... A hundred years from now, between mm-hmm. a Cold War between Earth and our biggest, our most major space colony. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Like Already. It, it, it's, it's, it's a really, like... It feels, like, so far, like a really straight sci-fi story where there doesn't seem to be any alien or mm. supernatural presence... Um, and, uh, yeah, you have, you have someone who's like, you know, kind of taking, taking prescription medic, overdosing on on prescription medication to try and kind of keep himself buzzed on the way earth is now. Um, he gets told that he has to, that that the government want him to go to, go to this colony and, and, and solve the murder murder. of someone who once shot him a few times. Yeah. And stole his wife. So it also like, I mean, it seems like a straight sci-fi story, but also it seems like a straight detective mm. kind of family intrigue story but then set in space great with drug addiction with drug addiction what's what, what, not what to more love yeah uh, it looks great the, there's, a, there's a painted quality to mm-hmm. uh, Rod Reyes's art but also very like fine pencils yeah absolutely um, the, yeah, the colours the, the, the painting comes in the colour the painting feel comes in the colours I guess mm. colours are uh, Oh, uh, drawn in color by Rodriguez. He did. I did art. Um, mm. Yeah, this is awesome. If you want a really, really, what seems to be like a real kind of, it's like if you like a good detective story, a good murder mystery, and also that that kind of hard sci-fi edge. Yeah, hu- yeah. I, I'm, I'm, this is great first issue. This is a great excellent first issue. First yeah, issue. Yeah. Really highly recommend um, checking this out. We did, I think, already sell out at Kings, um, but I'm sure that hopefully they'll do a second printing. Yeah, I'm sure they will. It's good to have a have you know some good image number ones and a lot like this and they. Um, mm. That epic one that we read last month with the um, the Crusade. Oh yeah, what was that called? Again? Was called? <laughs> Whatever it was called, I loved it. Hey, I think we read too many comics. Hey, not a complaint. Uh, I read the Dark Horse number right now, and a number one written by uh, Guillermo de Tormo. De Tor- de Tor- de of all people whose names I should be able to pronounce, yeah, you this guy. Like Guillermo del Toro. You say it? Guillermo del Toro. I said it, not Siobhan. Um, this uh, written by him and Chuck Hogan. 
Um, and the script is actually by David Latham um, oh. of Stray Bullets fame, which who I, I really enjoy his series. Um, pencils by Edgar Salazar and inks by uh, Keith Champagne. Um, this is a vampire story that I haven't read any of the, the, yeah, stra- the, the Strain I've, is a series, right? The Strain like is an ongoing series a that monster. Del Toro has um, done in comics. But this is uh, these monsters uh, existing in uh, ancient Rome. Mm, okay. Um, and this is definitely a telling you more than showing you book. At least the first for the first issue, it just kind of sets up this world by having the main character kind of narrate his entire life story up until when you you know up until this current point that we meet him at. Right. Okay. I hate when comics do that. I think that's lazy. Yeah, you really hate that. Because um, because it, I feel like 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 I don't know like three out of five first issues do that now. Yeah. It's really I just find it boring. Um, there are better ways to tell it. Uh, but I mean, if you already if you already love this 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 series and you want uh, more lore behind it, you mo- you will enjoy this. If you want to hear us talk about it, unfortunately, you will not get that anymore. I did not read it. I'm dropping it. Nice. Samurai Brothers in Arms over from Titan. Did you read no. this? <laughs> this is a samurai book with boobs in it. The end. Hey, oh, I'm sad <laughs> I didn't read it. What a bummer. Uh, I also didn't read Resident Alien, The Man with No Name. Me neither. Wayne, I... Wayne from Kings was like, can you please read this and tell me what the fuck happened in it? And, uh, but then I looked in the first page, it says, like, this is the fourth book yeah. in the Resident Alien miniseries. And I don't want to do this yeah. injustice. That was a book that was um, originally published at Vertigo, I believe, and then moved over to Dark Horse for the final, um, for the final series. So if you're a fan of Resident Alien, again, probably for you, probably not for us. Boo from Wayne. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to be, normally we would play a, a great game called Flip a Coin. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm going to play that a bit later. But I think we should actually talk about the independent books this week. Oh, yeah. Because normally, normally we go straight from the first issue, first things first to DC or Marvel. But I think I think Image and Archie and Dark Horse had a really great week this week. Really good week. So I want to talk about those books. But first... I just want to give a little quick shout out to uh, a couple of reviews that we got. Did oh, you know so that nice. the nicest thing you can do for us if you listen every week? Um, and it is a rapidly increasing list of people tuning in each week to Serious Issues, and we appreciate every one yeah, of you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, you can head to our iTunes page, um, just type in Serious Issues, and uh, or you can go to bit.ly slash Serious Issues and uh, leave us a little review. Um, here's one from Shelster78. Seriously good. I started listening to these two knuckleheads. When they were doing bonus episodes on Hey Fam, since then I've gone from only reading, having read one comic, which is the uh, special release of Fury Road, uh, to now buying them regularly and joining the King- Queens of Kings meetup at Kings Comics. And Michelle is a pleasure. Awesome. It's so nice to have you at Queens of Kings. Taking up comics has pretty much been all been to uh, down to serious issues. I love it. I don't understand half of it, but I always get good recommendations for new things to read from Siobhan and Levins. And I'm happy to be, have been encouraged into a new hobby by this great podcast that doesn't make comic fandom seem unapproachable slash scary. Hey. So thank you very much, Chelsea78. And again, if you would like to leave a review, uh, you can. We get a few people that listen on... Uh, on non-Apple devices complaining that they can't actually access the uh, iTunes store. Um, for some reason, Stitcher went right back to my goddamn emails, so we can't go well, on Stitcher. But uh, if you just want to let us know that you like us each week, uh, head to our email, first, us. Yeah, email us, seriousissues at kingsummit.com or facebook.com slash seriousissuespodcast. On to it. the reviews. Hey. Let's kick off with number eight. No, sorry, number nine of Jughead, which happens to be a brand new number one, a first issue of this, well, kind of first issue. Yeah. Uh, because we loved the Chip Zdarsky and Erica Henderson run of uh, Jughead, which was one through eight, mm-hmm. uh, with with Chip writing it, and then uh, Ryan North took over on art from about 
six or seven. You mean Derek Chan? Derek Chan. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Ryan North is the, the name of the guy who took over uh, on the writing thing. You and might know him from uh, his web comic, Dinosaur Comics, or more um, more likely from his um, incredible run on the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Yeah, which we celebrate a lot. They've uh, Chip Zdarsky and Ryan North have actually collaborated a couple times, mm-hmm. um, most recently on the uh, Howard the Duck and Squirrel Girl crossover. They're adorable uh, internet friends. Yep, and they frequently reference each other in, in their own comics. Uh, and actually, uh, Ryan North makes fun of Chip Zdarsky about three, three pages into this comic. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, an excellent, excellent first issue of this, uh, of this story. Yes. Of, of this run, hopefully, uh, hopefully he's here for a while. Um, Ryan North has an incredible grasp of the character, um, and I'm not even the biggest Jughead fan in the room right now. So, Siobhan, what did you think of Jughead number nine? I I felt emotional about it in a very serious way because it's so funny. It's so funny and so perfect, and Ryan North is so funny and perfect, and I love him. <laughs> it's like it is, ah, oh, man, yep. I um one of the funnest things was um my good and some would say only friend Charlotte <laughs> came over Ouch. and um she <laughs> she um we grew up reading Archie comics together and she was the person who put me on to Ryan North's um dinosaur comics and so she read it at my table um laughing out loud and pointing out all of her favorite jokes to me cuz and like it I really can't talk it's it enough. It's so fun. It's Such a, a lo- it's an absolute laugh out loud comic. It like, really yeah, is. Ryan North. I mean, and Chips Chips are was too. But this, that that they, they, they are they're, they're both a character in their Absolutely. runs. So Chip would kind of do these ridiculous like editorial notes mm-hmm. within the comic, whereas Ryan North, his thing is that he writes sentences like little jokes uh, beneath the panels on each page, exactly referencing things that had happened in the panels or just making just odd odd remarks, and some of them are wickedly funny. Um, and you this- have. You have, you've spoken to me that one of the real, most important parts of Jughead's character is that he is asexual. Yeah, well, I mean, like, it's it's something that was never, like, they've now made explicit in Chip Zdarsky's run. Um, it's not something that I'd even ever really considered before because despite the fact that romance was a big part of the comics, sex was never a part of Archie comics, obviously. Um, but it makes a lot of sense for Jughead to be asexual. I think that's really cool. I think that that's like a fun thing for them to have done. But so even funnier for in the first issue of Ryan North's run is all about Jughead developing a crush on a woman who dresses as a burger outside of Pops. So all all he's seen of this girl that he's fallen in love with are her legs and her arms. The rest of her is just a big burger. It's just a big burger. She can't, you can't even see her head. And uh, he he obviously he goes to Pops anyway, so he has all these hilarious interactions with her in which she just tells him the specials. But uh, he comes in each each day un- until they end up organizing to go on a date together, and uh, we we I I should have seen this a mile away. Yeah, because on the front cover it says like um, Jughead guest starring Sabrina the Teenage Witch, who we haven't seen pop up in this in these new Archie comics yet, unless except for the the uh, horror stuff lately. Um, but uh, I got through the entire comic and I didn't even realize yeah. where Sabrina. And then the final reveal, and I don't think this is really a spoiler, but yeah. the the girl in the hamburger suit is Sabrina, Sabrina. the Teenage Witch. Yeah, and it's so like such a testament to Ryan North that I was having such a good time the whole way through the comic that I didn't even stop to be like, but wait, where's Sabrina? And then was genuinely surprised when it was her in the burger suit. So funny. And I mean, oh man, there's so many good things. Like one of, I think, the fundamental parts of um, Jughead that's really cool is his and Betty's friendship. 
Yep. Like, um, he's always the person that Betty goes to when Archie's being a jerk, and so they really um, continue this with Betty really sort of pumping him up and helping him get prepared to talk to his crush. I think um, Ryan North also does an amazing job because he has, you know, Betty, Veronica, Archie, and Reggie all hanging out together, and he does an amazing job at kind of showing how they would be friends despite all the conflict and difficulties in their personalities and things like that, and I think that's really cool. I also think that it's funny because... um, Jughead is told, you know, by Jughead. And so you get Jughead's version of Archie almost. And so you see how ridiculous and silly and, you know, girl crazy and, like, ridiculous Jughead, um, Archie can be. Yeah. So I think I think Ryan North really nails it. And Derek Charm on art. Sorry, I accidentally called you Ryan North earlier. Um, really, really smashes it on art, especially when uh, he draws an in- insanely beautiful Sabrina. Yes. And I, I love the... That was so uh, enthusiastic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but the um, the choice of print on her dress was even really remarkable. He has this great floral print. I don't, mm-hmm. know, it just, I don't know. It's it's really it's a really striking image when, yeah, she, when, well, when mean, she takes her burger costume off. It's, it's <laughs> one of the cool things about these Archie comics is that they have really made an effort to make kids dress like teenagers and look fashionable and take that into account which is something that sometimes is um, missed in mainstream comics so I think that's really cool yep yeah great physical comedy great art and great you know great ju- I think I actually think Ryan North is a bit more successful in his uh, jughead daydreaming than chip was because chip would have jughead like you know imagine himself in an episode of Game of Thrones mm. or you know as a superhero like kind of and it felt like not tropey just a bit like um like robot chicken or something like that. Like, you know, what if Jughead was in the blah, 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 blah. Mm. Um, It was always still pretty entertaining. But in yeah. this, uh, Jughead kind of imagines his, his life, like dating and marrying and having babies with the girl in the hamburger costume. And she never takes the burger costume off the entire time in their, in their lives, long lives together. Um, I, th- I thought that was a very funny couple of panels. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Um, you should, if you have not read any of the Chip's jug, uh, Jughead issues, you can absolutely just pick this one up straight away and, yeah. and, and start reading it. I think I think Kings may have sold out of this one too, though, right? Uh, I don't think so. Cool. I think it's still available, guys, and I really sell it out. It should be sold out. Yeah, this is a really, really great read comic. It, please. Is this, probably, is this your favorite one of the year? Favorite one of the month? Sorry, oh, the, sorry, not even the month. The week. <laughs> favorite. I got yeah, there finally. That was that was definitely my favorite comic of the week. For sure. Uh, actually, I could I could say that each publisher, including Image. Dark Horse, Marvel, and DC, they all put out, each of the main publishers, they all put out an issue that I thought could have been my favorite book of the week. Yeah, there were some good comics this week. Do you want to hear what my favorite Dark Horse book of the week was? Yes, please. Briggsland, number two. Brian Wood and uh, Mac Chater. We loved the first issue. This mm-hmm. is about the um, the family living on uh, their own part of land that's kind of like their own country. Mm-hmm. It's called Briggsland. They're, they're separate from America. Seceded. Uh, and uh, the mother of the family visits the father of the family who's in jail and says that uh, she's going to look um, like basically be in charge of the family operation now, the crime syndicate. Uh, and so you have her, her sons and the, the big in the air is like, you know, who are they going to side with, the mother or the father? It was a pretty... There was a lot of action in the first mm-hmm. big explosions and a lot of guns and mm-hmm. that kind of thing in the first issue. This is a very calm issue in which you see how the mother is going to run the business, is going to talk with the families that live on Briggs land. And uh, I just thought it was, it was really, I, I didn't, wasn't sure where this is going to go. Um, we know that, that this is part two of like a three part story. Mm. I'm sure it, this Briggs land, I hope Briggs land is going to go further than this. Yeah. I really hope so. I mean, it's already been picked up to make a TV 
show mm-hmm. before the first issue had even come out. So I hope I hope there's a I hope he's got a couple of stories in the bank because um I so far love the world that he's he's created. I love all the characters. I love um. The family, yeah, the family, the family interactions. Yes. I, I'm really looking forward to them fleshing out some of the characters that have chosen to live in Briggsland mm-hmm. and why, like who they were before they lived there, why they made the decision to come and live in Briggsland. I think that's really like you know I haven't really seen that done in a comic. Yeah, absolutely. Many times or in, in you know or in any media, mm. um, you know who who chooses to live in a in a country run by criminals. Yeah, uh, that, that's really appealing to me because um, I think about doing it all the time. <laughs> Briggsland number two, even better than number one, and I loved number one. Yeah, check this it out, This is guys. a really good se- series. And Brian Wood is maybe one of my favorite writers of the year. Wow. There has not been a comic that he's put out this year that I haven't liked. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, another. There were two other great um, Dark Horse. Dark Horse had a great week this week, except mm. for the strain that I didn't like. But that, again, that's not really for me, Definitely so that's definitely. fine. Uh, Lady Killer number two. Joelle Jones and uh, Michelle Madsen. This is about a, uh, a serial killer slash housewife. Yeah. Or um, not so much serial killer. Uh, assassin. Assassin. Sure. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, serial assassin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Joelle Jones uh, depicts uh, her, her this lady killer like in a very, very beautiful pinup quality. Mm. The artwork the entire way through. It's very um, hunky kind of 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, wholesome. And then suddenly, blood splatter, it's gore. So cool. Um, you kind of so this is the, this is the second series of Lady Killer, and not neither Siobhan nor I have read the first series. And uh, even though they reference what I assume happened in that first series a couple times throughout this issue, at no point did I, you know, just straight up not have yeah. any idea what was going on. I, I think you should, this is a says a lot about how good this series series is that, that that I don't feel lost at any point in this story, and I just can't wait for the next issue to come out. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah. The artwork is is fantastic. Joel so, Jones so, has to be one of the most expressive cartoonists working right now. Yeah, and she gives each character so much like depth and character in the face, and all of the cost like the clothes are incredible. And um, yeah, I love it. And Great physical comedy as well. She's only really known as like a as an artist, right? I, I, I've not read many other things, anything mm. else that she's written before this, but she's an incredible writer yeah. too. Like the nuances in 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 the main character and this old man that she's teaming up with mm-hmm. they have incredible dialogue and yeah it's it's just unreal like she she nails the like, is, is it set in the 50s i assume yeah. it's in the 50s she nails the the dialogue of the 50s that that, that setting and also like you know the slightly darker dialogue of the main character it's a sick comic it's i really really really, really great and the colors by um michelle madsen are, are perfect too absolutely great like great use of pinks and, and pastels and, and you know blood. big bright colors <laughs> uh there's an annual christmas bash at the beach um with some incredible uh, sunburnt fat men. Yeah. Yeah, so good. <laughs> she loves, like, she's one of those cartoonists who really um, seems to thrive on drawing, like, old people or ugly people or, like, overweight people. Cause she but no one looks so gross. Much. No, but, like, she brings so much sort of texture to everything. She draws great teeth. Great teeth. <laughs> uh, House of Penance number six was uh, the final Dark Horse comic I want to talk about this week. I've been raving about this series since it started. It is uh, written by Peter J. Tomasi, who we're loving over on Superman, mm-hmm. where she raved about his Batman and Robin run on our special Batman Day episode that came out uh, last week. Um, and uh, art on this one is by Ian Bertram and colours by Dave Stewart. Uh, it is just has a really classic Dark Horse feel to it. It's a, you know, it's a kind of high concept horror comic. Mm-hmm. 
that is not really reliant on shock value, more just building this like world of, of dread and heartbreak and sorrow. Uh, the, the Dark Horse, no one does it like Dark Horse, that kind of thing. No one makes you feel bad like Dark Horse does. Mm. Uh, this is the sixth and final issue of this run, so it caps off this uh, this this troublesome story of a uh, of a woman who has lost her husband and, and daughter, and uh, in order to keep the bad spirits away, she vows to never stop working on the the house that they were they were they were living in, and because with every bash of the hammer, that keeps the bad spirits away, basically. And uh, yeah, she um. She kind of like lots of criminals passing their way through the town start working for her, but there's no there's a no gun policy in the house and all these crazy rules and uh, the the sister of her husband is is trying to have her sent to a mental asylum because she doesn't think she's fit to uh, you know own own his his empire. Mm. It's, there's a lot a lot going on and it was a really satisfying, if not maybe a little bit too open ended. To, well, open, you know, you you are allowed to interpret it your own way, I guess. The, the final, final few pages, but uh, sometimes I love that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the finality isn't always important with a comic. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I highly recommend picking up this one in trade. The art looks amazing. Probably going to be my favorite co- horror comic. We can get really, we can get really, really, yeah, let's get really deep specific with our with our awards Hell this yeah. year. Uh, but uh, House of Penance, uh, Peter J. Tomasi, Ian Bertram, Dave Stewart did an incredible job with this. Nice. I'm looking forward to you reading it, actually, Siobhan. Yeah, I'm excited. Cool. Do you want to talk about Image straight away, or should we talk about the uh, one Aftershock comic that we Let's read Let's talk about week? Aftershock. So, Animosity number 1 by Marguerite Bennett and uh, art by Raphael Delator. We loved issue 1. Yeah, issue 1 was an absolute belter. And I did not love issue 2. What didn't you love about it? So, Animosity is about all the animals waking up they're able to they they gaining sentience is the yeah. wrong word but is it yeah sentience uh, is a word yeah sure uh, but they, they become sort of conscious they're conscious they, yeah they're, right. they're, so they're able to talk and communicate with humans and they're also aware of everything that's been done to them by humans yes and, and all of and the terrible things the that they've done as so, animals so in the first issue you you were it basically introduced this introduces this concept perfectly mm. you have like three panels in which Three, sorry, like six pages all up. So like two, three double spreads in which every time you turn the page, they, a new level of consciousness is achieved. And mm-hmm. it's really, really well done. Uh, I thought it was incredible strong, if not like maybe one of the best uh, first issues of the year. Another, another specific uh, <laughs> award we're going to give out at the end of the year. Um, so uh, I was very surprised with issue two. Immediately we get hit with a one week later. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, about six pages in, we get hit with one month later, and mm-hmm. then one day later, in a couple more pages, and then about ten pages later, one year later. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of jumps in, um, a lot of time jumps, but I, I didn't mind that. I found it sort of shocking every time because it was always preceded by something hugely shocking happening, and then. It's almost uh, isn't it kind of satisfying to just see then what happened no, a month later? No, I'm so interested just to see the story as it happens. I did this I get real why the last man vibes from from yeah. the, the the you know this story. And it, and it really bummed me out to see so much crazy shit just skipped over. Like there's a brilliant moment in this where like uh is it the president someone representing humans uh be it the, the mayor or the president. I think it's the president. Um is he's a senator? Um, is uh, is basically being a gun is being pointed at him, but it's two guns being held by squirrels, and the guns are mounted on a moose, 
a moose antlers, like a yeah, moose's antlers. It's a great antlers. use of moose antlers. It's incredible. Yeah, there are um, some scary moments in this. Uh, That's not one. It's of them. amazing, <laughs> and like, and there are really crazy concepts, like the um, the animals know that they need to, like, basically, like you know, certain breeds of animals need to just not breed. Yeah. Like, or they need to have, like, yeah, like, like you know, a one one kid pol- policy or whatever. Mm. And so they put it to the humans that they also aren't allowed to breed anymore. Yeah. And uh, all the humans are like, oh, what the hell? And then you have like a, a human rights terrorist try and blow up the uh, the press conference. Um, I just, I uh, obviously the heart of this story is about a girl and her dog, and the yeah. dog, the dog above all, remembers how good the family was to her, him especially mm. this little girl, and so mm. he he sees to it to protect her no matter what. And I just think the story jumped just too far forward where we, I don't know, I I, I guess, may, hopefully like it, the, the the important part of this story is. This now that we're finally a year later, now we're going to get this long form series. But yeah. to me, this felt like, oh great, this is just going to be like six issues. Kind of yeah. this, this incredible idea is just going to be stuffed into a six issue arc. I mean, that me is out. that is the real concern. I have a feeling it they maybe are trying to get through a lot of stuff so that just in case it is only a six issue series, they they say everything that they want to. I I think that there's enough. I think that they did skip over a lot of huge things, but I sort of found that quite kind of shocking and interesting. And I'm I'm excited to see now that it's a year later after we don't even know like all all we know before it jumps forward a year, the girl um, Jesse's father starts attacking the family dog who has been protecting them. No, and, I thought he killed it. Yeah, it looks like he's killed him. But then when we jump to a year further. Jessie's parents are gone and she's only got the dog left and they're trying to get out of the city to go find her little brother. I think that's kind of a bit genius. You know, I'm excited to have flashbacks to see what happened there. I'm excited to see the the upcoming sort of journey. I think that, yeah, I'm excited. I think, like, just kill the parents in the first issue if you want to get to this point. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I found that, yeah, I don't know. I like that they, if they were going to kill off the parents, they waited and it was such a... We don't see yeah. the parents die. No. Oh, we, I guess you assume that they get they get ordered, at least the dad gets ordered to be killed by the uh, union of animals, right? Because like if, if you kill an animal, you get the death penalty. Yeah. There's, there's no, a lot of amazing concepts. Like, and and this, I feel like this is like, you know, this is okay criticism. Like, I still love what's mm. going on here. I just wish there was more of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. If, if uh, anyone involved with the book, please don't take what we're saying uh, as, a, as, a, as a bad criticism it's you know i just I, I wish this was bigger yeah i think that um if they get the chance to do a long series with this they'll be able to go into a lot of stuff because there's there's so much it's packed into this book concept. like there's all of the all of the different animals starting up their own little groups there's a funny little sort of george orwell reference where there's a bunch of pigs in like communist hats <laughs> saying have you ever heard of anim- animalism and stuff like that and um yeah i'm excited to see this this world and what happened in the year that we've missed and yeah I think it's I think it's genius. Yeah, I love it. I'm looking forward. I'm still I'm, I'm still in. I'm, yeah. this this doesn't discourage me from uh from from stopping. But it was a very jam packed issue and yeah. felt a bit overwhelming. At Whereas times. I think issue one was like a pitch perfect issue. Yeah. yeah, cool. Image put out a bunch of books this week. Should we kick off by talking about the longest book? It was uh it was longer than the other two image books we're going to be talking about, and uh, indeed it took me longer to read than pretty probably all of the Marvel books. <laughs> yeah, um, it is issue two of the Black Monday Murders. The most Jonathan Hickman book of all time. Jonathan Hickman with uh, uh, 
uh, by Tom, Tom, Tom Coker. Coker, who is totally brilliant. I've never heard of Tom Coker before. I don't know if he's mostly He used European. to be a Vertigo guy. Ah, well, amazing. Uh, Colors by Michael Garland and letters by Russ Wooton. Um, this bucked the trend of uh, that the long image first issue mm. and did a long image second issue. I think these are all going to be long issues. <laughs> That's like pretty exciting because we were kind of like, you know, what, what the hell is... Uh, has Hickman been doing? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, a couple of his series are on hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's been he's kept the schedule with East or West, but Manhattan Projects is... is I haven't seen any issue that for a while. And then mm. the other one, the name that always uh, always escapes me... Um, the Dead did, and the Dying? Dead and the Dying. dying. Dead? He, yeah, whatever it was called. Which There's like remember. three issues of that. And yeah. I, I don't know what the hell's happening next. Apparently, we're also getting um, the final issues of his uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Or sorry, just called S.H.I.E.L.D. His I S.H.I.E.L.D. comic. I will believe that when I see yeah, it. Yeah, but... Uh, Whatever. When you are cranking out two, like sixty-four-page comics, yeah. in uh, in two months. I mean, this is this forgiven. is a single-issue comic that has chapters. Yeah, <laughs> <There is laughs> as the contents. first issue was too. There is a contents page. So this is like you know, perfect John Hickman fodder is yeah. you know a secret society of, of of rich families that dates back to at least the eighteen hundreds, mm-hmm. um, with p- potential like connections to like supernatural, uh, even extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, powers um, you've got a, a detective you've got literary figures you've got uh, tyings into real world events you've it's, got it's graphs, incredible you've got charts yeah, you've got... Like, it's like mixed media throughout yeah. like, where you get like you know this you essentially get an entire comic and then yeah. you get like a few letters from uh, people connected to other people in the comic then you get another comic yeah and both of those comics are longer than the other comics we read this week yeah, yeah. this is incredible Packaged. It's so dense. If you're like, I think, what was I even about to say? Who knows? I, I think you've got to keep, yeah, I, mean, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, I think you've it's got to. It's overwhelming. It, it's one of those comics that you've got to keep the first issue and, and indeed every issue Absolutely. before the one you're reading right now, like close by to kind of cross reference. Yeah. They do do an okay job. If you remember the names of the families, they do do a good kind of good job of reminding you. Yeah, there's like are. a cast of characters kind of list Towards and things the end like, that. like that. Yeah, but uh, I'm looking forward to them just having faces with names underneath them or yes. a recap page or something like that. But I feel like that would almost take away from... Because there is almost... like I feel like you, I could just give this to someone, issue two. Yeah. And it's still a compelling it's story. It's still a good comic. Yeah. I love it. I love all of the like economics are evil. <laughs> like, oh, and the, all... the, one of the coolest concepts is the... Um, you know, they, they talk about what's the oldest language and the guy says like mm. Latin or something, whatever. It's mm. like, no, the oldest language is that of mathematics. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, I've, n- I've not heard that theory before. I thought that was really, really cool. You have to make sure your boyfriend, Nate, reads this. Yeah, totally. I know it will take him like a week to get through, but... The... <laughs> that, makes, that makes it sound like he's illiterate. <laughs> no, but I, I can just see him like stall on that. Yeah, that, yeah, those, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Opening yeah. four pages. And just be like, ah, oh, I don't want to read this. I don't yeah, want to totally. it. And then as soon as I get to that number stuff, you'll be like, oh my God, I'm yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so like, ah, Hickman does, because uh, the whole way through there's like letters and various documents that have load, um, lots of bits sort of blacked out of it. Mm. And that totally works on me. That's so yeah. interesting. I want to know all the secrets. This is an, an insane series. Yeah, it really We're is. very lucky to exist during the time of Black Monday murders. I know. I almost <laughs> want to say though, it might be a good one. Unless, unless no, this is the only crazy. comic. Don't say unless this don't is the only comic one. that you're buying, it might be a good one to trade weight because 
already I was getting a little bit lost. No, just keep on the second issue. Keep the issues, bef- like take yeah. the issues home, Siobhan. Don't, don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You got to, you got to cross reference the ones that came. It's true. You do it. need to cross reference. Uh, and just so you get the most out of it, this feels like a like almost like uh, Hickman's doing his own like heavy metal or something like that. It feels like a a, a magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is great. Such it's a very, great, very great good. series. Um, and I, I wonder how long this, you know, super-sized issue. This is only five bucks, too. Five yeah. bucks American. You know, the Civil War Two issues. Actually, I think the Ulysses issues that we're, we're going to talk about from Marvel this week was four ninety nine. Yeah. And it, there's like, there'd be like 25 pages of comic in that. Absolutely. So, uh, you're getting yeah. a lot of comic. You're, getting, you're absolutely getting your money's worth of this comic. Um, it should 100% be on your pull list. Absolutely. Black Monday Murders by John Hickman. And uh, Tom Roker. Um, I read two other image books uh, this week, one of which uh, Siobhan has dropped, but I think this would be the issue to get her back on. Oh, yeah. That is The Fix by Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber. Um, a, uh, basically like a, a, a crime comedy caper yep. um, series, um, beautifully uh, cartooned by uh, Steve Lieber. Facebook wouldn't let me put up an ad about it because I used the word sex toy, <laughs> which tells you everything you need to know about Zuckerberg, you prude. Um, this introduces a new great character um, called Kincaid. He is Mayor Kincaid. He's a twenty-eight-year-old mm-hmm. douchebag mayor, nice, a millennial mayor. Oh God, of Hollywood, um, whose uh, motto is "Let's make Los Angeles awesome for everyone." Yay! And uh, he, like, you know, he basically is, he's turned. He, he hangs out with his dumb young bros on a couch in the mayor's office playing video games. Uh, He's a great addition to the cast, and yeah, this nice. kind of, there is so many just like larger than life. Unfortunately, that most of the like the, all of the straight characters in this are women, yes, and all of the wacky, gross characters are dudes, yeah. just duding about. So I can see why you'd be hesitant to yeah. read a like, lot of the more fact of this. that the coolest new character in this is another straight white man is yeah. not exactly <laughs> selling this book for me. Um, but uh, it's still it's 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 a lot of fun. And you know, you could even say that that is a, com- a, a, a commentary in itself. Yeah, having well, you yeah, could. You could. <laughs> if it seemed like me, I was aware of that. Me, a straight white man, could make that, <laughs> make that commentary. Uh, the fix is really, really fun. Still, uh, I, I'd almost lost. Steve Lieber is such a good cartoonist. Yeah, like that's it's almost enough for me to want to read it just because Steve Lieber is doing the art. Also, he's so funny. look at that cover. The it's cover is cover. the two main characters in hot dog buns, They're surrounded hot dogs. by relish. They're great. That sounds delicious. Um, that's probably my favorite cover of the week too. Oh yeah, I think that beats the. Uh, oh, actually, quite similar. The food themed uh, uh, front covers with a uh, um, Doom Patrol number one. Oh yeah, with the, the gyro. That was probably my yeah. favorite because it had a sticker on it. I love gimmicky covers. Nick Spencer put a sticker on the More fix number foil. six, and Siobhan will start reading it again. Yes, I would. Black Science number twenty four, the last image comic that I read this week, um, written by Rick Remender and uh, colors. Sorry, art by Matteo Scalera. Um, who's amazing on this? God, he's fucking good on it. Um, this series has gone from like this, you know, very convoluted uh, science fiction story to like it's actually gotten like quite grounded and is more about humans. And it did something that I've never seen in a comic. And look, if if you are reading this in trade and don't want a spoiler, skip forward thirty seconds. I don't think this is a massive spoiler, mm-hmm. but. In this, uh, the main character, Grant McKay, in this issue, in the last issue, um, and, and it carried through to this one, he basically, I've never seen this done before, he gives up his like intellect oh. to a witch to uh, save his daughter. Mm. So now he's just a regular average guy. He's not a genius anymore. That was like in the Jughead Annual where he gave up his metabolism <laughs> to a witch. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, it was really good. Um, the crossover? That'd be good. Black Jughead? Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. 
Um, blackhead. Oh, nice. Well, that's like awful. a pimple. <laughs> um, but uh, oh my god. What? So, oh my god. So every time I. <laughs> So, you know how um, iPhones, when you say, hey, Siri? Yeah. I think because when I say serious, oh, my God, now oh it's talking. Oh, there you Stop go. It. I did it. <laughs> I think when I say serious, serious issues, Siri thinks I'm talking to her. That's funny. So, that's why the last few episodes of Serious Issues have been interrupted by Siri. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, this uh, this current arc of Black Science has just been my favorite. And I, I, it's, it's, it's way easier to follow now. Mm. And... Uh, I, I, I think it's the best thing Recommender's doing at the moment. And I know I say I say that about a different one of his series yeah. every every um, every week. And in fact, we're but getting, he's in a good groove. We're getting a new series from him uh, quite soon. Well, at one point, I, loved, I thought Deadly Class was my favorite, and I hated hated that last arc. Mm, um, that was a bad last arc. Um, but who knows? Maybe that'll turn around when it comes back, and I'll love that again. But it is cool because I feel like we live in an age of like short arcs and mini series and stuff like that. And I do enjoy like a really one and done mini series, but it's nice sometimes to be rewarded for following a series for a long time. Yeah, no, and absolutely. You don't get those really long, stretched out stories because most authors don't really get a chance to do that. I think that Dan Slott on Spider-Man is the only one I can think of in recent years who's managed to have that much time on a single character. Yeah, and so like when, when we were first introduced to this to this series um, 24 issues ago, uh, they're you know, time jumping between dimensions mm. And uh, using a device that Grant McKay had, had, had designed and stolen from his work. And now he's finally back home, but the story is far from over. So, mm. yeah, this is a great series. Such a good series. Cool. So, they're all the uh, non-DC and Marvel books that I read this week. Did you want to shout out any other ones that you read? Yep. I also i am still reading um, Pink Power Ranger series. Cool, man. I don't know anything about Power Rangers, but it's really good. This is uh, the I Pink like Power Ranger goes to France. Yes, it's very good. Keep reading it if you are already reading it or if you want a fun story about the Pink Power Ranger. I highly recommend it. I also read Sherlock, A Study in Pink, which is the manga um, version of Sherlock. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to read this on the train home today. I, uh, yeah. I, I, I sacrificed it in uh, so I could read some of these dumb new, new number ones instead because yeah. I knew that, that it may, my review of this would be like, I still love this. Yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> this, this is my review of all of these. Sherlock, A Study in Pink. I still love it. Cinnamon Purgatorio. Still really enjoying it. So yeah. Some of the short stories are... Um, becoming more and more compelling as they go on. I think that's really good fun. And the Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill parts are still the best bits, which I'm assuming, I'm assuming this is going to finish up soon because um, Alan Moore's for what feels like the third or fourth time said that he's quitting comics. I don't believe it. I'll believe it when I see it, Alan. He's too Um, busy uh, catching Zubats on Pokemon Go. (laughs) Yeah. And writing some like 1,300 page novel, which I actually really want to read. Oh, really? Sounds interesting. Um, I also read the third issue of Kong of Skull Island, which you didn't really enjoy the last issue of. Well, I love the issue one and I hated issue two. Yeah. I I still really like it. It's a lot to do with like the families who um, train the Kongs and stuff like that. You know what you don't put in a King Kong book? People. People. <laughs> no, nah, this was good. There was a volcano and it exploded. Now I'm they have to go fight monsters with Kongs. It's cool. I liked it. Good art too by um, Carlos Magno. Have you got a coin, Siobhan? No, I don't. Okay. Um, all right. So I'm Card gonna, only. Here's my wallet. See, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm lazy. I don't want to unzip and get the coin. <laughs> See how this side is bumpy? Yes. That's heads. So okay. uh, Which is heads? Marvel or DC? Marvel. Okay. Oh, no. They're both bumpy. <laughs> Uh, I think that's DC. <laughs> that was the worst. That was the worst coin toss of It's all everyone's time. favorite segment, Heads or Tails, and we didn't even do it justice this week. Um, oh, hold on. Sam's come to the rescue with a real coin. You're right, Yay. listeners. We've got to do this right. So, Heads is DC. Yep. 
Tails is Marvel, and it is Heads. Hey. So it's still the same. Yeah. Thanks for nothing, Sam. <laughs> um, so uh, why don't we start with DC? Yeah. Should we, should we start with uh, All Star Batman, or should we start with? Should we actually? Let's do. Let's have. There were a lot of DC books There's this week. Let's books. try and talk about it in order of which we. So from ones we liked the least. Okay. The ones we liked the most. Oh God! I feel like. Oh God. You feel like God. I feel this like this is going to be really fun. Um, all right, so I'm going to put Suicide Squad as my least favorite that I read this week. Oh, I didn't read it. Um, why? Why was it bad? So uh, because. There is some interesting stuff in this. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, light spoilers, or kind of huge spoilers for Suicide Squad. So if you uh, plan to read this in trade and don't want spoilers, skip forward a couple seconds. I did hear about this spoiler. Captain, Captain Boomerang is dead. Yeah, what the hell? Um, what the hell, guys? But so the, now Where am I going to get my terrible Cockney pretending to be Australian accent from now? The worst thing about this book, and I've realized what it is, it's not the Jim Lee art. Yeah. It's not the um. It's not that like you know they're, they're trying to mirror the movie. It's not mm-hmm. that Deadshot has the worst costume in the universe now, <laughs> and it's not that like they're trying to like cram a joke in every second panel. It's that the actual story of uh of the, of the main Suicide Squad story is one, two, three, four, five, six. This is really riveting. Seven, eight, nine, ten. God, there's 11. so many ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 12 Every second page is 13. An ad. 13 pages long. The Suicide Squad bonkers. is. And then and then Pretty much at the halfway point of the book, the rest of it is an eight-page uh, boomerang story that has not that ha- that was written by Rob Williams with art by Ivan Reyes. Nothing to do with Jim Lee or anything like that. So obviously, in order to get Jim Lee on board for this as an ongoing, yeah, they basically said you need to do thirteen. They were going to do a thirteen pages at a time story, That's and that's so the the problem is that Rob Williams is having to cram all this bullshit in this mm. small amount of space, and you, you can't tell a compelling story like that. Yeah, and also just going from the back page. 
uh, looks like the Suicide Squad are going to be fighting Zod, which doesn't seem like the point of the Suicide Squad because they're supposed to fight the people that Superman and the Justice League can't fight. That's not Zod. It's they can be, fight yeah. Zod. So they're supposed to do like political intrigue stuff. This actually started out as a political intrigue stuff. They're going in, a, in an off-limit off zone and then it turns out Zod is there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Zod, Zod's being held in, in, in this thing. Yeah, that's boring uh, and annoying. See, I saw it and I was like, "Cool, Zod." So I'm, I'm, I'm clearly like, I didn't hate it that much, I'm, I'm, and I'm still gonna read it. I don't know. I, I really like Rob Williams as a writer, and there were yeah. a few moments in this. I, I was, I, I couldn't believe that they killed Boomerang. Yeah, how do you die? Um, the pod that drowned in that, Fosters. The pod that oh yeah, also fucking Killer Croc vomited in this issue. What again. the hell? <laughs> this is the most vomity that, book of all time. Um. When when there's like Zod is in this pod, the Zod pod. Nice. And when that when uh Boomer. Uh, opens the Zod pod, uh, it, it, it like blows him up. Uh, killed by mystery. And then you just see his boots. Mystery energy. His boots are on the ground just with like smoldering remains. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, totally. And uh, everyone kind of doesn't really care. God, Deadshot's um, costume sucks. Like He looks like he's got Venetian blood. Well, no, it also looks like he's got like one eye on his forehead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, so... I don't know. This is a, this is a shit comic. Yeah, if you want thirteen pages worth of uh, this is like this is comic. the equivalent of of Civil War two mm. for me. Like I'm, I I hate reading it, but I still love hate reading it. Mm, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there a, a DC comic that you do not enjoy this week? Uh, I mean, there was just a lot that I felt sort of quite average about, which isn't really great. Great listening. Um, how about how about we talk about Red Hood and the Outlaws? See, I liked this one. See, I think there were bits to like, but also. Artemis's dialogue is the worst. Right. Like, it's very you, terrible. You have an old it? man trying to write women. It's never never that successful. Yeah, and it's like just all of the quippy like back and forth between um Jason, Jason Todd and Artemis, I just don't believe or understand. It's just very weird. It's just a weird vibe for me. Is Artemis like a, a 90s Wonder Woman relic? Yes. So I, I, that's that's kind of what I thought she was. With the so I was like, I was fine with her being really hammy. I, she, she replaced Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Thank Thanks, you, Jen. Oracle. <laughs> but there were just like, like there were bits that I just didn't think. I don't know. Like he goes, "All right, ready on three, one. Oh, ready on three, one, two. And she goes, "Does counting make you feel smarter?" Like that's not like. It's, it's not funny. I, 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 what, what was I the point of that? that? What was the point of that? I'm the worst. Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> um, but I like how, like, you know, they, they, they introduced Artemis in issue one in a surprising way. Like, I, I'm still, this is actually a, like a fun journey book. Like, you, you haven't, you haven't met all of the outlaws yet. Like it looks like at the end of this issue we're gonna we're gonna be introduced to a brand new version of Bizarro. Yeah. Who looks much more like Superman than the, uh, you know, usual blue and purple counterpart. Yeah. Um, and wh- I wonder if he'll do weird Bizarro speak too. Oh God! I reckon that I reckon he won't. I reckon they're going to try and make Bizarro a bit more of a grounded character, like a Bizarro for the twenty first century. Finally, lame. <laughs> you hate you hate Bizarro anyway. I know, but I also don't want him to change. I hate change. More it's like than when I hate when like Bizarro. a shitty RSL club or pub gets redone and everyone's really mad about it. It's like you never went there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't want Bizarro in comics. But I also don't want him changed. I just don't want him. Don't turn Bizarro into a modern sports bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did not enjoy Superwoman. Oh, what two. a tough read. Yeah. This is like the wordiest comic of all time. I really, I put it down halfway through because I went, I can't be bothered. And then I picked it back up and I finished it. Yeah, so this you know is what? like uh, written by um, uh, Phil Jimenez. 
Is it Phil Jimenez? Yes. Yes. Um, written and drawn by him, right? Yeah. Wor- words and pencils. Um, and uh, this is one of the few Rebirth titles that's monthly. Mm-hmm. And I think instead of doing it as double shipping, he is just cramming as much yeah. story into one issue as he would normally put in two. Yes. Um, so this is like this is the plot of this is way too hard to describe. But yeah. let's just say that the main character is Lana Lang. She has superpowers. Apparently, she's also like like she's dating, dating Steel. Steel, which is my favorite um, development in the whole issue because more <laughs> Steel, yes, please. Um, uh, she and then yeah, there's like a whole bunch of shit with Lex Luthor oh, and some man. weird entity and the um, weird like the Lois Bizarro ladies. Dead. Who they can morph into a bizarro lady, but they're not bizarro. Yeah, there's a lot of what weird, weird concepts, on? and then there's like a extended dream sequence that's told alongside Steel fighting that I thought was actually all a dream to... sequence. Oh. But the Steel thing is actually happening, I think. Oh, and then, yeah, it's it's a very very confusing read. Um, and I quite liked issue one. I thought there were some really really cool ideas in there. And I, 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 even though that was quite wordy, I thought you know that because they were, they were introducing so much, mm. then they were going to tone it down for issue two. But no, they they toned it up. Yeah, it was bonkers. But the last page made me go ooh. Well, the last page, I was like, Ugh. oh no, come on! So on the last page, Lex has been trapped by his crippled sister Lena. Great, excellent, and she's being followed around by a, a mother box that's just going Lena, 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 Lena. Just like Lena. Lex's mother box says, Lex, 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 Lex. Oh, does it? I didn't yeah. Know that. yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about this. I'm going, I'm going to, to read the next issue. I'm going to skim the next Lena, issue. Whoa, yes, what yes. a diss. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many words. Too many words for a comic. More pictures, please. Um, okay, where else? Where, there were a lot of good ones. Um, here we go. Here's one I didn't love. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Man, okay, but Ethan Van yeah, I was gonna say That was fucking so great. So good. His art, such the art a in good evil Sinestro. And uh, also such a great naked Guy Gardner yes! crushing, a, <laughs> crushing a beer can against his head. I can't believe that wasn't the first thing that I said. Guy Gardner spends most of this issue nude. Great. Um, yeah. I Too enthusiastic. It, it's, but it, like, it kind of does this like self-important Sinestro. And, and I find Hal Jordan just insufferable in, in, in this series. But he's barely in this. Well, yeah. Um, he's like unconscious. He is bare in issue. this. <laughs> he is bare in this. There's a lot of nudity in this. Um Okay, yeah. I actually really, I actually really did enjoy this issue. I really? thought it was um, maximum Guy Gardner sassiness. The bit where um, Sinestro rips a dude in half—that bit was cool. Well, I, don't I sounded know. like Scott from Kings just then. <laughs> um, but I think that this had a good. I think that this issue did a good job of um, like Sinestro's motivations. I like that he doesn't like he doesn't see himself as a villain. He's like, I'm not. We're not here to be the villains. Fear of this is sector. the only way that the, the, the world that the, that he's the, the universe should be order. run. Yeah. And so he's like, we're not trying to be bad guys. Let's not kill any children. Let's just kill their parents. <laughs> and I thought that was um, a fun thing. And the fear engine, which is like this big sort of large hadron collider looking thing that powers um, his corpse to make them. The most powerful of all was pretty cool. Yeah. I liked the Guy Gardner stuff in this. I just like yeah. Guy Gardner. I put him in anything. I'm happy. Where did Guy Gardner even get that tinny from to crush onto his forehead? Yeah, so this is, this is like the, <laughs> the best bit. So Sinestro's captured Guy Gardner. Um, oh, oh, no, sorry. Sinestro's core bring him Guy Gardner. Yeah. And, and he thinks that they're bringing him Hal Jordan. Um, and he's disgusted. So he just he kills the guy who brings him, who, who who's uh, who, who hasn't brought him Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... Uh, Guy Gardner wakes up and then um, constructs. The first thing he constructs is just a massive armored police truck <laughs> and tries to like crash it into Sinestro. And Sinestro says, "Your ring can create a construct of, of any object in your mind and conjure, and you create a truck. How quaint!" Yeah. Um, and then, but he'd only left like 
zero point zero one of uh, the the ring's power in on, on Guy Gardner enough to uh, basically like leave his his costume on because the costume is a construct of the ring, and then so it reaches zero percent, and so Guy Gardner's costume disappears and he's butt naked. Yeah. And then he says, Sinestro, what you're wearing undies under the, under your costume." <laughs> But then he also just happens to have... Let me get my stuff. He has a backpack. And he just has like a backpack. Where was the backpack the whole time? The backpack time? is hanging on the wall where <laughs> Sinestro very politely put it. <laughs> um, and in that backpack... Is a tinny. Is a, is, is a whole six-pack, I think. Yeah, a whole six-pack of beers. And uh, he crushes yeah. one. Glug, but I glug, love glug. that. I love that Guy Gardner took a six-pack on a 24-hour recon mission. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, this was great. And now and you see the core... Um, hanging out on Mogo, the living planet, one of my favorite Green Lantern characters. Um, and you guys see the whole core together and they're going to go bust up the Sinestro core. I'm on board again. <laughs> yeah, Green Lantern. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I had two coffees today. <laughs> it's still not what I want out of a Green Lantern comic. I was, you know, I know. Went, went, I before Rebirth, stops. I was the most excited to, re- 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 to start yeah. reading Green Lantern comics again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've already dropped Green Lanterns. I want to, I'm going to ho- keep holding on to this, see, uh, see where this arc takes us. But I, Kind of, I'm, I'm over Sinestro. I'll be honest. I don't. I am reinvigorated with my love for Sinestro. Okay. I feel like Van Cyber is doing such incredible work um, on making him look like the weird evil Hitler that he is. That I'm into it. All right. So what have we got left? Because um, there were some really good DC ones, and I feel like I'm not, like uh, these next two. I, I didn't necessarily dislike them. Mm. Uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. Yeah. Great. Great. Good. Um, good issue. Although, so Commissioner Gordon is in this issue. Yes. And has a long conversation with Batgirl. It is one of the like massive suspensions of disbelief that he doesn't just go, "Oh, hey, Barbara," because it's her voice and her face, and you would know your daughter from a million miles away. So, so if she, she was wearing so he, a mask. I just assumed he did know. Yeah, that well, it's not clear, and so I kind of assume because there's a bit where she sort of, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, where he the... refers to her as like Batgirl, right? And he, yeah. But he kind of like puts his head in his hands after they have like a failed discussion, mm. like a father, not like yeah. a not like a cop. So I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 unclear, but um, a confusing element of it. Yeah. I will admit. Uh, my favorite thing about this uh, series is still the art by um, Claire Rowe. Um, yes, and uh, I think her pencils are, are fantastic. Her characters are just brilliant. Great facial work, really great uh, insp- expressions on of like you know it's it's still really fun even though they're in big. Big, you know, action-packed scenarios. It's still like really humorous to mm. look at. Um, great, um, great fight scenes. I think my favorite bit is when um, Huntress and Black Canary are hanging out on a rooftop, and Huntress just goes to like push Black Canary off the roof, just kicks her a bit to be like, "Oh, your reaction times are off." Then they have a cool sparring match. That was fun. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, Huntress is really great in this too. They, they, you know, they they, yeah. they they don't trust her yet, and yeah. she doesn't trust them. So. It's fun. It's and fun they do a good job of um, having Barbara be the computers person, you know, that's something that doesn't necessarily come across super well all the time in her um, solo series. And this, she's like, she's the computer gadget tech guy. And there's scenes of her sort of sitting there with energy drinks, yep. coding and stuff, which I thought was cool. I actually enjoy this more than the Batgirl series. Ooh, controversial. Hmm. So there's that. We'll see how it goes. Do you want to talk about um, Deathstroke? Uh, oh, yeah. God, this this, this should have been like way lower on the list. <laughs> Yeah, probably, probably this should have been earlier. There is a cool story coming out in this. I just feel yeah. like it's being told in the most annoying way possible. It is, yeah, like there is some really good stuff in this, but it very confusingly jumps back and forth between time periods and situations without being very clear about when any of that is happening, where any of that is happening. All this needs is like an added panel that says two years ago 
in New York. You know what I mean? Yep. Because it's super hard to read at times, but there is something cool in there, and I think the art's really good and has a good vibe for the whole series. It's just very confusing. It's very confusing. Um, it's very confusing. But you get but they bring in Rose, yeah. the Ravager, who I was complaining about a lack of um, in the last episode, I believe. But she kills someone she kills when someone. she's a little girl. Yeah, I know. It's wild, man. It's wild. It's crazy. Anyway, it's no way to live. Cool. The Flash number six. Um, in which we learn the identity of Godspeed. I was genuinely shocked by this. Even though was we should that, have seen it that, coming like yeah. a mile away. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you were also shocked by this because I was like, am I an idiot that I didn't see this coming? But yeah, I, really it, I even read like someone say, I did not see that coming. Yeah. And I was like, oh, start trying to guess who it could be. And I, I was like, oh, well, of course it was him. Of course but, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But th- all played like Josh, uh, Joshua Williamson for managing to make that such a shock. Yeah, totally. Um, there's not really much more to say this like there there's it's just going to be like you know now that he knows the identity of godspeed it's going to be just a a, a battle i guess yeah absolutely they're gonna take each other out um oh, but godspeed has a very very cool power he's, he's maybe more powerful than flash so much so that he can be in two places at once yeah so they're both versions of him kick the shit out of flash at the end of this but we might get some cool um Wally West 2.0 action in the next issue, I'm hoping. Yeah, I want to see more of this Wally. Yeah, there, 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 there's so many people with Flash powers in this Flash series, mm. so it's hard to uh, focus on all them all. Absolutely. Uh, cool, so now we are in like the real good zone. So yeah. this is going to be really, really hard to order these. So I'm going to put, I'm going to say New Superman is yep. next uh, by, uh, God damn it, I always forget this, the first part of his name. Gene Luen Yang? I was actually, that? I was going to say that, Gene Luen Yang. And... Um, He's been writing uh, this fantastic version of the Chinese Superman and the uh, Justice League of China uh, with art by Victor Bogdanovich. And uh, this was an awesome, awesome yeah. issue. I like that it brought in like a couple of things that we'd had questions about from um, previous issues about like the Great Ten and stuff. Yeah. I like that they've been brought the, the, in. The original DC Chinese superheroes. Mm-hmm. And also because the last issue had um, the main character reveal his uh, identity and, and reveal the the uh, presence of the Justice League of China on television. And so you have a bunch of different people around the world react to that news. Like um, Lex, Lex Luthor says, an intriguing opportunity. And uh, in the Justice League Watchtower, Batman says, hmm. And uh, the Daily Planet, some report, reporter says, pfft. <laughs> and then uh, someone, one of the, the head of the Great Ten, which is uh, the, the, like the the DC kind of Chinese superheroes, says, oh man, who is the... Uh, the name of the character who's been behind the Justice League in China. And who might not be as good as we previously thought. Yeah. Um, I thought I, I thought it was really cool to have tie-ins to, to the greater DC universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you were also kind of... There's something sinister going on with his dad. Yes. Um, which is exciting to find out more about. Uh, this is just a like good book. The, I like that we're also seeing like um, Keenan sort of developing his... Um, like just developing as a person, you know, like being more honest and we get to see his thoughts as well. Yeah, he's not just um, some dumb bully jerk. Yeah. Um, I really, I really like this series. And the uh, the Wonder Woman character in this is great too. Yeah. And, and the Batman and Fat character. Batman. Yeah, Fat Chub, Batman. Tubby, Tubby Batman is really good in it too. He's the best. Yeah. 
It's a really fun fun series. Yeah, absolutely. A lot to like about this. I really highly recommend it. All right, so we've got three books left for, from DC this week. They were all, like, at the very least, 9 out of 10 for me. Yeah. Uh, they are Wonder Woman number 6, All-Star Batman number 2, and uh, Detective Comics number 940. Ooh, Let's right. leave Detective till last. Okay. I think it might have been, like, story-wise and, like, you know, event-wise, maybe the best book came out this week. Uh, All-Star Batman... By Scott Snyder with art by Romita Jr. And then the backup uh, with uh, Declan Shalvey on, on art. <clears throat> um, was amazing in that this is like still this road trip with um, with uh, Batman trying to take Two-Face to a trial outside of Gotham. Mm-hmm. And uh, him sending pretty much every criminal in, not just the Go- not just in Gotham, but like I feel like all these like weird, obscure DC criminals yeah. that you never see. Yeah. And books just come after him one after the other. I mean, I was very into the Killer Croc and King Shark team up. Yeah, Great, so like, obvious team up and really excellent. So Two Face has, has brought in his own muscle, so he brings in uh, Killer Croc, but then it turns out that Killer Croc has his own muscle too, and it's King Shark, and so Batman takes them out with uh, with like a shark a shark repellent. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, was- it's like. There were a couple of moments in this that I was like, it's getting a little bit too meta and a little bit too Fuck cute. That. I'm all and about a little it. Bit I'm too- all about it. Even the bit where Alfred is like talking about Two Face as a character, like almost from the perspective of a writer, I thought that was weird. Didn't you think that was a weird moment? Where isn't he just trying to get in the head of Two Face? Yes, but it yeah. So, but the fact that they've gone like, oh, there's the you know there's the cartoony Two Face and then the Two Face that we know, and they're sort of trying to bridge the gap between, like, the golden age version of Two-Face and the current, which isn't something that I think Scott Snyder needs to do at all because sure. I don't think anyone has that version of Two-Face in their head. I found that bit super weird. Yeah. And I didn't think it worked especially well, to be we, honest. We also get um, Cheshire and Copperhead, mm-hmm. uh, the most toxic individuals on the planet. Both, that was funny. Both shoot darts into Batman. Um and then uh, there's, everyone's in this, like Great White, Penguin, and Black Mask, uh, hire, hire KG Beast yes. to take out Batman. And but it's he- not that fun if they just call him the Beast. No, call him KG Beast, call you motherfuckers. Call him KG Beast. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, I wasn't as crazy about um, Romita Jr.'s art in this issue as I was the first one. Yeah. Particularly his depiction of Killer Croc I thought was weird. Yes. Um, yeah. But... Uh, but yeah, still good. Is... Still better than everything else he's done recently. <laughs> and the backup story by Declan Shelby is extremely good. Yes. The art by Declan Shelby is extremely good. And it's giving us um, a nice amount of backstory, which I think is needed for Duke Thomas, mm-hmm. who's uh, currently uh, Batman's sidekick. Uh, and some unfortunate situations involving his mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Victor Zazz. Victor Zazz. Oh, man, it's so good. Like, Snyder just using all of these like yeah. lower tier Batman um, villains. That's what you should be doing. We don't need another Joker story. We need more Victor's. And we also don't need like you know we don't need new villains either. Yeah, like, the Batman has enough fucking villains. Yeah, just totally. Use all the ones that don't get used enough. Zaz is great. Zaz yeah. is a k- great villain. So I was scary. about to call him a killer villain. I was like, I'm <laughs> the worst. Uh, also, Batman, so fun. Just if if you are like you know don't want say, apparently this is in continuity but who cares I feel like it could it could just be exist on its own too absolutely and the way Declan Declan Shelley's design for Batman is so so great with the sort of uh, yellow and brown bat symbol and really depicting Shelley's shadows art, yeah. all the time like brilliant I hope he does, I hope he does a longer Batman see like just even just like four issues yeah would be the too. best I would love that Shelley's the best Shelley's Shelley's top five of all time all time no way. Like, of oh, people working now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, all right, let's talk about Wonder Woman number six. Yay! This is probably the best comic DC put out this week. Yes. It was definitely in, in my favourites of the week. Uh, written by Greg Rucker, art by Nicholas Scott. This is the uh, Wonder Woman year one story, retelling uh, her origin in a uh, more modern way. Mm-hmm. And uh, God damn it, was this fantastic. Um, just from a language point of view, because yeah. obviously the Amazons do not speak English, they, they speak a, a version that's similar to, to like ancient Greek, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they get a, la- a language, like a, uh, not language expert, like a, yeah, I guess a language yeah, she's, expert. She's an archaeologist and um, linguist, I suppose. And But, but they just, they, they just, the, the, the lettering and, and the, the way that they convey how confusing it is to hear these mm-hmm. people kind of say words that you recognize and mm-hmm. as she slowly learns English, like, um, you know, I trust you, Steve. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, Etta. Yeah, it's it's really, really great. Um, it's beautifully drawn by Nicola Scott. God, she's brilliant. She's incredible. Yeah. And this is where we get to see the introduction of Dr. Barbara Ann Minerva or better known as, what's her name? What's the bad guy's name? Oh my god, Cheetah. Cheetah, yeah. Oh shit, That's of course. Cheetah. Yeah, you're right. Oh, so, you miss that so, so she's the, she's the archaeologist. She's the, the archaeologist linguist who's brought in to try and translate what Diana's saying. And when she arrives, Diana is overwhelmed because last night the gods had visited her in the cell that she's been put in to um, while they while the army figures out what to do with her, and she's been gifted her powers by the gods. So now we get to see a fully powered up, extra strong, cool Wonder Woman. So it looks like this is going to be a Cheetah Year One too. We're going to see yeah. how she gets her well, not powers, how she gets transformed into a Cheetah. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, this is the best. It's this is just the best. Best guys. I'm uh. What a year for Wonder Woman. We've yeah. had so many great Wonder Woman We've books. had three origin stories of Wonder Woman. Yeah, and they've all been good. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, with like origin stories, I love how long this is taking to tell this story. Like, mm. I, I, he's doing such a great job that, you know, you could, he could take 24 issues to tell Absolutely. this long origin story and I'd be wrapped. And I love now that it is tying into the, the current day stories too with mm. Liam Sharp on art. This is the best. It's just the, the best. greatest. It's so good. Wonder Woman. Read you should it. be reading it. It's definitely DC's best book. I would say it's better than Batman. When you, yeah. I mean the, these issues, the you, I'm, I'm, the yeah. other ones are still really great, but these issues in particular, absolutely, the best. I um, agree. So, Detective Comics is another one of our favorites, um, written by James Tinney and the Fourth, mm-hmm. art by Eddie Barrows, who does a spectacular job mm. in this. Um, this is uh, all about the team up of uh, Batman, Batwoman, uh, Orphan, uh, Spoiler, Tim Drake as Robin, and Clayface. Uh, Clayface doesn't get much in this. Yeah, there's he? not much of Clayface. Um, so, uh, basically, the the big threat is uh, is Batwoman's dad, who is a, an army boy. <laughs> That's his official title, um, and uh, he's basically putting together an army of Batman, and uh, it's up to all, all of our heroes to stop them. Um, in the last issue, um, Tim Drake rerouted a bunch of drone robots that were going to attack hundreds of people in Gotham in the hope of uh, wiping out a select few. He rerouted them so they were going to just come and attack him mm-hmm. and he defeats the first wave. And then, spoilers, skip forward 20 seconds, if you know, maybe a minute. Yeah. I'll about a minute on this one. Uh, the second wave kills Tim Drake. Mm. And we get, uh, we get you know, the, the, the obviously he's been dating, spoiler, and, uh, you know, he's got accepted into university, so it's all very sad. But it's played the whole time, like, the full story 
this isn't the full story. He's not dead. Yeah. And I, I don't mean he's not dead in the, like, he's going to be brought back six months to a year from now after a big way. dumb event <laughs> in the comics way. And uh, the big reveal at the end of this is that he is not dead. He's actually been, like, transported into, like, this, just this room. Mm. He's, he's locked up in, a, in like, a, a room where he can't escape and it's by a hooded figure. Um, do you think this is the same hooded figure that's been watching Superman? Well, I mean, it, it looks like the same hooded figure, but... Do you think this is someone someone taking certain DC characters out of the universe um, that he might have ties to uh, to the, the Watchmen? Watchmen? Yeah, I mean, if we assume that the hooded figure that we've been seeing across various DC titles, like in DC Rebirth and Superman, what? is Ozymandias... So, and it would make sense that the two titles that they that they really showcase them in are detective and action, right? Yeah, that does so, make a lot of sense. Uh, I don't know. I think this could be Ozymandias, right? It could be. I mean, you've got to know what the. I mean, what is what is the motivation there? What is the overarching story? Yeah. But the the, I mean, what's his name? James Tinian the fourth does an incredible job of really showing the emotional impact of. Tim's death on the people that love him. And, yep. like, Tim's last stand is genuinely emotional and amazing. Like, when he sort of faces up to all the cameras and goes, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is... Not camera, sorry, drones. drones like, this yeah. is this is the time. Like, this is it. You me. see him, like, literally, like, like genuinely, like, just wiped out by this, yeah. this drone. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really great. Really crazy. Um, and uh, notice in, in his cell, there are two empty cells either side of him. So hopefully we see other characters transported there. Mm, in, I wonder uh, who it'll be. Oh god, that actually does like I just got a <laughs> like an infinite crisis style chill where I was like, "What's this gonna be?" <laughs> it'll be like a really ragtag team who has to team up. Maybe yeah. Tim Drake is the best. Tim Drake is the best. Like the, uh, he he just should be featured more. He should. Um, and I, and I'm, dead sort of. Well, yeah, but I'm glad they didn't actually kill him. Kill him. Yeah. Like poor old Captain Boomerang. All the, those are all the DC books that we thought I read this week. We've got a couple of Marvel oh, left. Yeah, much smaller Marvel week. Um, a lot of uh, crappy, crappy Civil War two tie-ins. Um, yeah. This was the I, I, more and more I'm filling out like like and and they're, and they're basically like you know they're they're, they're spreading this out further and further. You got announced that the um, final issue of Civil War two issue number nine or whatever. I think mm. they're giving an extra issue. And it doesn't come out until December. Woo! So it's like. It's more than half a year that they're taking on this event, which is yeah. like pretty a big bummer for all these. And you, and you know they're going to do that thing where like all of the regular Marvel books end their Civil War tie-ins really soon and then just have to continue on with this post-Civil War II world in which they can't actually reference what happened. Yes. I hate always that shit. Always fun. Always good. It's always Bendis' fault. <laughs> uh, but there were some good Marvel books all yes. the same. Uh, starting with Mockingbird number seven by Chelsea Kane and uh, Kate... Niemczyk. Mm-hmm. Chelsea Kane sometimes listens to this podcast. If we are pronouncing Kate's last name right, please let us know. Or if we're pronouncing it wrong, please also. No, no, just don't. <laughs> just, be like, just either way to say good job, guys. <laughs> uh, so That's the only kind of feedback we want. <laughs> and also on the Chelsea Kane front, uh, she um, is going to be doing a... She's writing a story about Jessica Jones uh, next week. Sick. Coloured by Geordie Belair uh, in, the, in the final issue of uh, Choosing Sides. Great. With the final, Great news. final uh, Declan Shalvey uh, Fury story, which is exciting. That, one, that exciting. one comes out this week. Uh, so, Mockingbird number seven, 
I think the secret to doing a tie into Civil War Two is just have your characters on a luxury cruise. <laughs> yeah, it seems really simple. Uh, there I don't is know why like, everyone else didn't think of it. It's like a semi-serious murder mystery. Yeah, um, very very like less than semi. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, Mockingbird is she's equal parts trying to solve his crime and also just trying to avoid the whole Civil War Two and Hawkeye being locked up. Her uh, ex-husband scenario. Hawkeye. Yes. Except that there's a bunch of Hawkeye cosplayers on this boat. Yeah. And there's and a corgi convention. Reminders, yeah. There's so many. Like this is it's just great, great jokes in yeah. this. And 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 Chelsea Kane has proved that she is a great superhero writer. She's mm-hmm. a great character writer. And more above all, and this is needed. It's just a great joke writer. Yeah, and absolutely. there are, and this this issue. I think this is definitely the most most visual gags and most uh, just great great jokes the whole way through yeah, of this run like, so far. Really inventive panels and like ways of telling the story. Lots of like little bonus kind of funny ways that the panel is structured. I really love the page where you're seeing the ship from above and you the see all of the rooms yeah. and what's happening in each room. Very cool. But then you have like weird little bits that are almost like a scout's handbook. So you have one mm. to like identifying footprints in which you have like animal footprints along alongside human footprints and then alongside like like Marvel Universe superhero footprints. Yep. You have this great um, Dungeons and Dragons style uh, kind of... Uh, way of like showing who all the suspects of the murder are. Um, you have like a, a guide to knots. Yeah. Uh, like you have cocktail recipes in this. It's like this comic book kind of has it all. Yeah, it really does. Um, and uh, in the end, it's revealed that uh, the person behind the whole reason that she's on this ship is uh, someone who I, I have very little uh, yeah, experience with reading. The before. Phantom Rider, um, who is someone who can uh, inhabit other people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so that, that's the reveal at the end. And, uh, and th- look, th- th- it's not really about, even if you're not reading it, we didn't really spoil this story for you. It's about getting, getting to this point, you know, the, 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 the story and the, and the character work that she's doing with Mockingbird, which is a character that not many people, especially, you know, since, since Bendis' new Avengers run, mm. she hasn't really been used very much. So yeah. it's been hard to care about her because she hasn't really been used much. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I feel like she's, she's used, you, you, you Partially based on what's her name, uh, whoever's pla- pla- portraying her in um, in the Agents of Shield series, um, she's she's probably one of the better characters in that. Um, oh, it's the chick who was supposed to be playing um, Wonder Woman originally. I wonder, yeah, right, and she was also in the what's the football show in the set, set in the South. Oh, you know the one. Friday Night Lights. That's it. You got Nailed it. Nailed it. You're a better man than I. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Mockingbird number seven. Like we've raved about every issue of this series, and it's got to be wow. one of Marvel's best books. I didn't even see this in the back. For people who like me don't know about um, the Phantom Rider, there's like a restraining order in the back which, detailing which their Bobby relationship. Has filed out. Yeah, which is excellent. Yeah, it's a really really great way of recapping. You know, giving you a little bit of. Uh, little knowledge recap because I imagine a lot of non-comic book readers are picking up this book yeah and this I is so, so like she does the best she like these are some of the best examples of show not tell I think in contemporary superhero comics because she does put in things like this like everything you need to know about their relationship is right here you yeah. know and she did that really like without having to do it in annoying narration or well there is narration in this but yeah. it's so good that you don't notice it it's yeah. just like an, an extra storytelling layer and but like she didn't need to put in all of the exposition about their previous relationship because oh, she just totally. put in a little bonus bit. Yeah, yeah. So but good. I mean, like, like you know, Bobby narrates this entire book, and mm. but at no point does she say like, "My name is Mockingbird, and I am officially the worst spy ever." Like that's yeah. what so many other books did this week. Totally. And uh, 
like, narration is fine, but oh, it's just what you know. You do it well. It's, it. She's almost making fun of herself for narrating this stupid yeah. story that she's gotten herself into. It's and I great. love that um, Chelsea Kane clearly has an affection and laughs at all of the ridiculous things that happen in comics, like in the restraining order, which I'm just now reading, which is why I'm talking about it so much. But she goes, um, while I briefly cohabited with Mr. Slade, it should be noticed noted that this was during a difficult period of my marriage and also I had travelled back in time and was trapped in the Old West. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) So good. And true. So funny. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Comics, everyone. Uh, Cool. So Mugman number seven, really, really great. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely like one of, like up there with Power Man and Iron Fist as far and and, and Jason Aaron's Thor run Mm -hmm. as like the comics that Marvel putting out that you should definitely be reading. Absolutely. Um, And uh, so too is Black Panther number six. I'm officially the fuck on board with this series. Um, and I hate that. Welcome. I hate that it took like so the the the, the, the final page on this, you know, and it's the the best final page that this uh mm. ser- the most comic booky final page that this series has given us too. Yeah. is the reveal that uh Black Panther is called in help from the crew, mm. and the crew. I don't know if this is a pre existing team. No, is uh Luke Cage, um, Misty Knight, Storm, and uh, Manifold. Yes, Manifold. I am interested to read. Tanihisi Coates' version of Manifold. And uh, well, no one. It, it, it was like, in the last issue. Yeah, but, but more. Yeah, yeah. I just more. feel like no one ever bothers to do any research on Indigenous Australians before they put an Aboriginal character in their book. So I'm interested to see um, yeah, that's his a take. Incredible point. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think this book does. Like, I, I think some of the reservations that you've had were to do with like Black Panther's character. And I think there are some great character moments in this for T'Challa. I like it where he sort of. Um, talks about how he's split himself between the Avengers and between being a king. Um, oh, that was a really good bit. Yeah, but I mean, uh, my favourite thing about Black Panther is that he outsmarts everybody. Yeah. And he hasn't done that in this book until this issue. He he outsmarts, um, uh, what's his name, Obadiah Stane's son, what's mm-hmm. his name? Zeke. Zeke, Zeke Stane. He outsmarts him by letting himself be captured. Mm. And like that's that's what Black Panther is to me. He's yeah. the outsmarter. That's what his character should be called. But I like that also he, in this book, he sort of accepts that he has made mistakes and that he's he's a flawed king, which I think is very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the fuck on board for this. This, yeah. is, uh, this is great. Like, I, and, I, and I, you know, it doesn't really matter whether or not I'm on board for this. Lots of people are, and that's awesome. In fact, they're gonna get, there's going to be a World of Wakanda book coming yeah. out really soon, which is going to kind of... You know, I feel like the, the, one of the bigger problems is he's trying to tell so many character stories within this, and you know, it is it takes a long while to sit, to get mm. through it all. But this was definitely the the, the issue that it re- everything clicked with me. Absolutely. What is is it? Has it already been established? Is what he is injecting into his arm or suit is that nanites that make his mask go? Like no, that? no. This is this is nanites that allow um, basically he's a he's a camera. I think so. That's why all of everyone, including like Luke Cage and stuff, can watch what he's doing. Right. Okay. Um, wh- while he's being taken hostage by Zeke, and they know where he is and stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Nanites are just kind of like this blank. They can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just whatever. It's whatever you Doom need. Tech. <laughs> uh, all new and humans number eleven, the final issue of All New and Humans. Did you read this? No, I read Uncanny. And <laughs> that was good. Oh, kind of good. Uh, so all, all new in humans has been the weaker of the two in humans books. It kind of told the story of all of the new young and human stuff. If anything was going to try and steal the X-Men's thunder of like, you know, the school mm. for mutants, it would be this book. Unfortunately it didn't. Um, but, uh, they kind of say goodbye to, to all the characters, um, in this, um, it was written by James Asmus, who also wrote the, uh, Kong of Skull Island book that we reviewed mm-hmm. earlier. Um, 
I never really felt too attached, even though I read every issue is, I never really felt attachment to any of these new characters yeah. really much. Um, and But Charles Sewell wrote the uh, Inhumans annual last week, which focused on, fo- focused on only new characters, and I really liked that. So mm. there is a good story to, to be told with some of these new characters. This is like this kind of like one day in the life of Crystal. Okay. Um, and it turns out the day is her birthday. She doesn't know it's her birthday, but everyone basically ends up aboard the uh, vessel that the all new humans live on Adorable. to celebrate her birthday. And it's kind of like, it's like at the end, but there's some cool things. Um, what's his name? Can walk now. Gorgon. Gorgon can Gorgon walk can now. Walk again? Oh, so he was yeah, crippled yeah. for like five minutes. He was crippled for the entire run of this book. That's, that's a pretty yeah, long time. And, and, long. and all of Charles Soule's Inhuman run. Most people are crippled forever. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 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 yeah, comic book writers <laughs> cripple your characters permanently just, for no, fuck's sake. It just sake. seems like people can get over their like serious spinal injuries so easily. Like no, they, Batman, an Inhuman does it. Yeah. Just like Nanites, Inhumans can do anything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I'm kind of glad this this book is over. Yeah. Um, and I, I, no slight on the creators, do it. It's a hard task. Yeah, to, you know, doing stuff with these new characters ongoing and. You know, I imagine t- there would be a lot of editorial restrictions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, you know, there's so much pressure on Marvel to, from Marvel, I'm sure, to make Inhumans matter. Yeah. So, uh, good luck with that, <laughs> writers. Uh, we might as well talk about Uncanny Inhumans. Uh, this is uh, very much a tie-in to Civil War Two, as the mm-hmm. Inhumans are absolutely a uh, main cog in that mm-hmm. in that story. Um, so uh, after after Iron Man kidnapped Ulysses. Uh, Medusa and the Inhumans kind of waged war on him, but they didn't like they didn't like they, they they you know exposed things to the public about him and that kind of thing, uh, and blew up like some of his cars and stuff like that. But they didn't harm anyone that works for Stark Corporation. But then some terrorists, some Inhuman terrorists, working under the like basically saying that they're doing it on behalf of Medusa to kind of damage her name too. Um, they they took out some Stark Enterprise uh, facilities and that kind of thing, and these people died. And so you have Captain Marvel and her team trying to take down Medusa, and then um, Medusa works out that um, Mad uh, Maximus the Mad is behind it all. Mm. I almost called him Mad Max. Imagine if it was just Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> um, be a very different book. There's a lot. I mean, like there there is a good story being told here. Yeah. Um, you know, it does feel quite f- forced and a little bit padded out, having it tied into Civil War too, but. There's still some good themes. I just I'm, I just want to read a fucking issue where Captain Marvel doesn't argue with superheroes, though. Yeah. Stop. They're, they're really fucking her character up. Yeah. Because she's always in the wrong in every book that she shows up in. I know. I hope that she turns out to be a scroll. <laughs> <laughs> That's a depressing state of affairs where you hope a character yeah. ter- has turned out to be mind-controlled. Um, good things about Civil War 2, Karnak is like a main character in the Marvel Universe now. Yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> Super weird. Bonkers. Uh, we may as well talk about Ulysses number two. Mm-hmm. Um, you did not like issue one of this. Uh, but I did like issue two. Al Ewing and um, art by Jeff DiPaolo. Um, so this is about Karnak basically taking Ulysses, the uh, guy who's seeing the visions of the future. He's inhuman and uh, he's basically, um, by order of Medusa, he's uh, he's... Karnak is figuring out how his powers work and the mm. extent of his visions and that kind of thing. And this is set like <laughs> earlier on in the Civil War. Too. That's the thing. All these things are so, I yeah. get, you know, they've got to come out at a certain time. I just wish they timed it better so yeah. you aren't reading the same week over and over and over again, even though the other books are like way ahead of it. Yeah, it's really confusing. But uh, yeah, Bulis is basically has a vision of um, all these people dying on a monorail 
and um, Karnak locks him in a room so he can't do anything about it and, and he's trying to escape Karnak's ta- tower but Karnak is, has gone to the site of this monorail crash mm-hmm. before it happens and he's either there to save it or he's there to watch it. Mm. What's it going to be, y'all? I like, um, but yeah, so this is kind of Karnak, I guess, trying to train Ulysses to have more distinct visions and to pay more attention. Mm. I think my favorite moment is when Ulysses comes out of... Um, comes out of a vision yes. and Karnak throws a bucket on him and he goes, wait, which bucket was that? As in like, was that a water bucket or was that the bucket that I've been peeing in? And Karnak goes, all buckets are essentially the same. <laughs> he goes, no, they're not. Karnak is awesome. In yeah, this that book. is really funny. That was good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is like, I'm, I'm, you know, for whatever, this, this is the same price as the Black Monday murders. Yeah. This is 499 US. I, this took Get me, the Black Monday this murders. This took me two minutes to read. Yeah. But, uh, but it is a good comic. It's yeah, it is good. I'm enjoying it. And the Frank Avia cover art is fun too. Yeah. Um, God. Got, oh, I didn't read any of those. Yeah, right. So Uncanny Avengers number four. You talk about this one first. Okay. Yeah. Um, I read issue 10 of Scarlet Witch, which is a series that I've really been enjoying. This is a much more, um, this is a pretty self-contained issue where Scarlet Witch is in Japan. Um, and basically, yeah, like, yeah, so, so James Robertson's writing this, basically Scarlet Witch is, has, like, what, witchcraft is dead alongside magic, right? And yep. every spell that she does makes her age. Yeah, so every time she does a um, spell, she is dying. But she is also drawn to magical problems. So it's basically like a sort of procedural where she's going, traveling the world and solving magical problems. In this, she battles a dude who has a um, Oni demon in him to help um, solve the murder of a magic user who's now been reborn into a fox. Pretty good. Cool. Yeah, not the best issue of the run, but still pretty good. Definitely not the best art on the run either. No, no, but still nice. David Ayer did the cover on it, and I got really excited that he did the art in yeah, as well. Yeah, the cover is well. amazing. I'm, I'm probably sure, sure we're working towards him actually doing interiors. On cover one of, of the week, right? No. Uh, where's the hot dogs? Where's the, where's the gyro? That's true. Uncanny <laughs> Avengers number 14. Um... Again, tying into Civil War Two, kind of. Um, this is uh, basically a big fight between Cable mm. and Captain America, and in which he, uh, Captain America, decides that he's going to disband the uh, the what do they call it, the Unity Team, Avengers yep. Unity Team, uh, because all of the uh, mutants on the team have gone behind his back and uh, are trying to basically uh, work out how to get rid of the Terrigen Mist Cloud once and for all. Um, how, how they do on that. I can't remember. A lot, of, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of fighting happened in this instead. Um, and also, I think um, Quicksilver is um, being controlled by Red Skull. Oh, cool. I don't, I, I, has that been a thing? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It kind of came out of nowhere. Um, that was really weird. Uh, but uh, God, I like Ryan Stegman, though. Yeah, it's crazy. He cra- does such he does like crazy sharp cheekbones. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He's old as hell, right? Like, he's like is a, he? Is he a relic? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, it, I mean, it's a very different look on this book, but I feel like if it, it's it's it, because of the modern coloring, it makes it look like this almost art house style. But I feel like he's like he's he was a, he was drawing comics in the nineties, I think. Yeah, I could be wrong. I'm going to Google it while you talk about that. Uh, also, uh, in the uh, potential deaths, uh, it looks like uh, um, uh, Voodoo Doctor Voodoo carks it in this and is replaced by his brother. Great. His brother is working for the Hand and. This is the coolest thing. This is actually like, even though like a lot of this, I was like, oh, who gives a shit? The the final page reveal is that the hand have dug up the corpse of Bruce Banner. Oh, Christ almighty. You That's think fucking that the, cool. But you think, I mean, Imagine a Hulk, often, a Ninja Hulk. How Ninja often, Hulk. Ninja Hulk. But how often are dead bodies uh, like 
uh, dug up in superhero comics. But so often, just put some guards in the graveyard at night. Like, surely. Who's going to pay for that? Tony Stark? Yes. Good point. All right. Um, He's too busy punching women in the face. Ryan Stegman is not an old man. Isn't he? He is a young man. He's a young man? Sorry, Stegs. Look at the, how good his main picture is. <laughs> oh, that's a great picture. That's his, that's his, that's his Twitter, Twitter pic, I think. It's really funny. Um, uh, whoops. Sorry for calling you old, Steggy. Yeah, I think he's good. I think he has, but there is like a, a this like kind of 90s, like amphetamine, 90s, 90s comic book art on, on, on ecstasy. Yeah, it's very it's like, like poppy and like strong. Like he's the most, when I think of like the most superhero comics I can think of, that's the like that's the artist that I see it in, you know. Right, cool, awesome. Um, I also read the final issues of two of the Civil War two tie-ins, Amazing Spider-Man number four. Oh, I read Amazing Spider-Man as well. Oh, it was rubbish. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. We praised Christos Gage on our Batman episode. Um, he is capable of doing good stuff. Doing this a tie, a doing a tie-in comic. comic is very difficult. And one that ties into both what is happening in the Spider-Man comics and what is happening in Civil War is a, it's a tough task, and he does a good job. Um, with but, what uh, he has to yeah, this is this is just not a satisfying ending to a pretty boring story that I thought was going to go somewhere cool after. Like it was kind of like this, like it was like you know how you're like, oh, this story is not really going to go anywhere important, mm. but I'm fine reading it anyway. The, whatever it was kind of a waste of time to read yeah. this. And so too was Gods of War. But this no, is the biggest appointment because I really love Dan Abnett's yeah. um, Hercules run, and then it kind of stopped all of a sudden, and then it was revealed that it'd be it'd be the, the next the next arc of it was going to be this Gods of War tie-in, <coughs> and it was just all, like, shitty fighting. It was boring, and none of, like, the mm. fish-out-of-water Hercules stuff was in it at yeah. all. And now it's just over, and I don't think Hercules is going to be in stories for a while. And I always no. said, Dan Abbott doesn't appear to be continuing this story anytime soon. If I've missed an announcement that he is, let us know. But, yeah, it's just a bummer that, that, that an arc I really liked it ended in such a shitty way. Yeah, that is a bummer. Yeah. Oh, well. Cool. All right, Thanks, guys. Civil War. That's all our reviews this week. Nice. But guess what? Comics come out every week. Yay. So here are some uh, comics that we are looking forward to that are coming out this week. Uh, as we mentioned before, I know we've just uh, ragged all over Civil War 2, but uh, Civil War 2 Choosing Sides number 6 with the aforementioned Chelsea Kane written Jessica Jones. Uh, we've got a, a new uh, a new book by uh, on Valiant uh, called Britannia. Yeah, I'm excited about that. So that's one written by... Is it Peter Milligan on that one? Uh, that sounds right. <laughs> um, we have got... I mean, that's just because it's a comic with... Brit in the name. <laughs> yeah, sure. We've also got Civil War 2 number five. Yeah. So look forward to us complaining about that next week. Jim's very excited about the latest issue of Savage Dragon, a comic book that only Jim and Eric Larson read. Okay, cool. So next week we're going to have Jim do a uh, 30 second review of Savage Dragon num- yes, we are. number 926 or whatever they're up to. Right. <laughs> um, if you love Savage Dragon, please let us know. Yeah. So Jim has a friend. We've also got Karnak, who we talked about in this episode. Uh, Finally. His, his book, Returning, written by Warris Ellen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Warren Ellis. Um, the final issue of The Joiners that we've really been enjoying oh, yeah. is out. Uh, there, from DC, there is issue one of a new Raven mi- miniseries. Great. Which doesn't exist in the Rebirth timeline. It's in between New 52 and Rebirth, which is annoying. Yeah, it's confusing. But we're still going to read it. Um, we've also got the beginning of the Batman uh and the Monster Men storyline, which is cool. going to be a big crossover. So we've got new Batman and uh, Nightwing tying into that next week. Uh, issue 11, I think it might be the penultimate issue of um, The Vision. Yes. By uh, Tom King and Gabrielle Walter. Very exciting. And Rick Remender has a new series starting called Seven to Eternity with art by Jerome Opeña, which is super exciting. 
Lots of great stuff coming out next week. Oh, and the uh, Revolution event from yes. IDW, Transformers, Action Man. It's Rom. like all those times that you fought all your toys as the, a child, there are fucking, but in comic there are book version. two issues of ROM coming out next week. Do that we is- have to read both of them? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, there's also a couple of cool trades that I thought I'd mention coming out next week. Um, the trade of Divinity 2, which we oh, um, talked about book. a lot on the great. podcast, is coming out. That is Kint. excellent. By Matt Kind. Um, Another one is uh, a new graphic novel um, out through Drawn and Quarterly by Tom Gold called Moon Cop. I really liked his book, um, Goliath. And the, that there was, was really great. There was a Moon Cop uh, free comic book day book. I yes. Think. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd really highly... He does really sort of quiet, sensitive mm. um, indie comics. How that lovely. I love. <laughs> highly recommend. Cool, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Serious Issues oh, again. One oh, last thing. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Just Queens of Kings is this Sunday. Um, we're going to be reading Princess Jellyfish. I'm going to make some Country Women's Association style jelly cakes. It's going to be the best. With jellyfish in them? No. Have you eaten jellyfish? It's really nice. No, no, no. I'm too squeamish. No, really go to a good Chinese restaurant and get a jellyfish dish. I have Country Women's Association style cakes. Yeah. And Racist Country Women's Association. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, you can find Serious Issues online, facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast, or send us an email to seriousissues at kingscomics.com. We had a couple people write to us about our thoughts on uh, Oz Comic Con and how it would be great for there to be a more comic-focused fo- con in Sydney. It was very pleasing for the staff at King's um, to hear so many people uh, reminiscing fondly about OzCon, which was a um, con that... Uh, King's founder George used to run back in the day. Right, I didn't realize. Mm, oh, yeah, cool. it was awesome. a, that was King's branded. Um, and uh, we, uh, we 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 got somewhere, guys. We we are slowly convincing King's management to let us do a uh, a King's warehouse party. It might not be at the warehouse, but we might be able to take what's in the warehouse to somewhere where we can to have a, a party to a mysterious location. Cheap comics, cheap beer. Let us know if you'd want to have a cheap comics and beer comics party. I'm, I'm, I'm down. I, I count for 100 I'm people. Down. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Uh, you can find Siobhan and I online uh, at Siobhan CBG on Twitter and Instagram and at mm-hmm. Levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G. Give us a bell. That'd say nice. hello. little tweet or Insta. Say hello, mate. That'd be lovely. And uh, looking forward to talking about comics with you again next week. We've got two bonus episodes out. One's mm-hmm. already out now. It's all about Batman Day. And uh, it's about us review, uh, basically recommending uh, slightly obscure Batman comics that you should read, uh, as well as like the the obvious ones. Mm-hmm. That was really really fun to put together. Thank you, Siobhan, for letting me do that. That's fun. And this week we got another bonus episode going up with uh, an Australian comic book creator. His name Pat Grant is Pat Grant, and he wrote Blue, which is uh, an awesome comic which you can read for free at boltonblue.com. It's so good, guys. Bolton boltonblue.com. Uh, you, if you want to prepare yourself for an incredible chat uh, with Pat Grant, you can go read his comic first. It's free. BoltonBlue.com, and it's uh, you know, take you about half an hour. Yeah, absolutely. Really speedy read, essential for all Australians, and I also think for any non-Australian listeners, it's one of the most authentically Australian voices I've ever had in a comic. So I think it's um, definitely worth checking out. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening, and uh, like Siobhan never says any week, stay Yay. serious. Thanks, guys. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
<laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.